Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace. Strengthening the Saints Against Islam's Assault on North America. I want to take a moment before we begin today's broadcast due to the fact that most of us, our friends and families, have lost jobs and income due to this pandemic. We're going to postpone our spring fundraising campaign that was scheduled to be going on at this moment. Like you, we're battening down the hatches to ride out this storm. But that doesn't mean that we don't need your support. We do. And we hope that those of you who do support us on a monthly basis can continue. But we certainly understand if you can't. So please feel free to reach us either by email or give us a call if we need to amend your monthly gift. You can call us at 800-616-0082. That's 800-616-0082. I want to send a special thank you to those of you who are forced to stay in the face of danger. Those of you who are our first responders and healthcare professionals, thank you for your hard, long hours of work that you do. And I want to thank your families who miss you and must be worried about you. We still, though, have a long way to go before this virus runs its course. And I aim to remain with you on this station through this storm and pray that somehow God will provide for us to keep broadcasting. My prayer and hope is that this pandemic will cause us to draw our hearts closer to God. Folks, this storm, this pandemic might be judgment for our sins. And if so, we must fall on our face and repent. But whatever it is that God is trying to accomplish, he is still the giver of mercy and grace. And so let's beg him for it. And I pray that the death angel will pass over your home and over your loved ones and not visit you. I leave you with this verse, Psalms 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Welcome again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. I've been sharing with you that I've been preaching a drive-in revival in North Carolina while many people are locked up in their homes and churches are unable to meet. The governor in North Carolina, thankfully, does understand that prayer and worship are essential. If there's anything more important for us to be doing in a national crisis, is for God's people to be together and lifting up in prayer our petitions and asking God to show himself mighty in mercy, to call on God to be merciful to us, forgive us of our sins, of our national sins. If this is judgment, God, which I fear it is, we need to be seeking God's face now more than ever. Some governors don't see that and understand this, and some national leaders and I understand it's difficult for us Christians. And, and let me say something to you pastors. Don't see your Bible through your constitution. You better understand. You better take care. There's some fights that we make as citizens. But there's some fights that we make as Christians, as pastors. And the first century Christians did not have freedom of speech, freedom of liberty. They didn't have church buildings. They didn't have even the day off to worship. It was still a work day. And yet they still did it. And so understand that. In spite of these obstacles that the government's throwing at us, and those are constitutional issues, let's deal with that, you know, as petitioning, as citizens. But we need to still operate and figure out how to minister within the confines that the laws permit us at this time. 
And when the dust settles, then we'll fight for our rights in those issues there. But let's not be breaking these laws. The government here in North Carolina does allow us to have these drive-in services. And so we're doing it as long as less than 10 people are in their car and we park each one six feet apart from each other. And uh, we don't allow them to get out of their cars. We don't allow the contact. We can do this. And I'm preaching and I'm seeking for God to show himself mighty in mercy as we come together to pray. We come together to do three things. Pray, to praise. We don't want to forget giving praise to a great God. He's still the sustainer of our life. He's a great physician. We want to praise him for that. And we also want to hear the preaching of God's word. And I am preaching for revival. If you want to listen to these messages each night, it's 6 p.m. Eastern time on Facebook Live. If you go to my Facebook page, Tom Wallace, you'll find me on there and uh, become a friend. It's even made public. It's out there. Drive in revival in Western North Carolina. Recently, I just preached a message getting back to normal. I believe that the Christian life has fallen below what should be normal, what God really truly expects of us. In fact, a very famous preacher from North Carolina, Vance Havner, said this, most Christians have been subnormal for so long that if they became normal, we would think that they are abnormal. It would be weird. It would be different. We'd say, you know, that, that, you know, if they became really what God expected them to be normal, in a sense, we'd almost think of it as super normal or supernatural. But that's exactly what God desires for us to be as spirit-filled Christians. Um, I don't play a lot of golf, but 30 years ago when I started getting in the ministry, a lot of preachers were out playing golf. And I thought, well, as a missionary trying to raise support, if I'm preaching in their churches and stay over that next Monday and get to know them, get to know the pastor a little bit better, oftentimes that's their day off and they're playing maybe golf. And so I thought I'd start picking up the game. And um, (laughs) my golf game was subnormal, folks. My um, strategy was grip it and rip it, right? You know, uh, you know what they say about those big hitters. The woods are full of them. And uh, I found out I played military golf, left, right, left, right. It went all over the place. Now, I could always hit the fairway with my golf shot. The problem is it was the wrong fairway. I had a terrible slice. And so to fix it, you know, because I'm a lefty, I, I stand on the wrong side of the ball already there. That's part of my problem, maybe. And I'd hit it, and uh, for a righty, it would be a hook, but for a um, a left-handed golfer there, it would slice off to the left onto the next fairway. And so I'd compensate. Instead of aiming at the flag down the fairway that I want to hit, I would aim at the fairway to the right of me. And then it would, you know, kind of banana back into where it should be landing. And the fact is, is that my normal golf game was just simply sub-normal. Now, I took some lessons, <laughs> and um, there was a, a college. They had some classes for $50, 12 classes with a group there, and I took some of those lessons there. And I'm here to tell you that those lessons ruined my game. <laughs> it was already bad enough, 
But what they, you know, you got to grip it right. And they taught me how to, you know, bring your thumb over here and this, that, and the other, and your stance and all that stuff. And, you know, it just, it just made a bad golf game even worse. But I kept following what they were telling me to do. And something weird started happening about a year later, six months to a year later. It actually started paying off. Now, I didn't really improve my game a whole lot. There's rarely a day that I'll hit under 100. But if you only play golf maybe once a year, you're not going to get good at it. But I want to draw your attention to what should be normal. Romans chapter 12, popular verses, verses no doubt you've heard. Here's what God expects to be normal for Christian living. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is, by the way, your reasonable service. In other words, this should be normal. This should be the normal service that a Christian a disciple of Christ, a spirit-filled individual should expect that it should be a living sacrifice. Someone said the problem with a living sacrifice is that it keeps getting off the altar. But a sacrifice is that, in other words, God, these are your hands now. These are your feet. This is your life, not mine. I'm not going to live it for me. Now my life is for you. I'm totally committed. I'm in 100%. Not only does God expect that to be normal, but God expects what should be normal is to be holy. In other words, where sin, anytime sin creeps in, which it does because we're still, uh, we still have that old nature, we still have the capability of sin, but when, when it does enter into our life, it brings great, it should bring great remorse and contrition that, oh God, forgive me that I gave way to my flesh and that I didn't feed the Spirit of God to be strong here and forgive, to be holy and therefore acceptable unto God. This is what God desires of us. And not only that, he also desires that it's a life that is separated from this world. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. God desires for a normal, what's supposed to be the true normal Christian living is a life that's separated from this world. Don't be conformed to this world. There's another passage in the Bible. Ye are in the world, but don't be of the world. In other words, don't live carnally, worldly, and to the lust of your flesh and the lust of your eyes and the pride of life. Don't live for those things. These are the things that are of the world. Although you're in it, don't be of it. So be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. To be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. A form is a shape and God wants us to take on his shape to be in his image Paul says I press towards the mark the prize 
the high calling of Jesus Christ. What is that mark? What is that, what is that price? I believe it's the image of Christ that it's in us. And you know what an image is. An image, if you stand in front of a mirror and uh, you see something there reflecting to you, that's an image. And if you're standing in front of that image and if you're waving at it, and if the image is not waving back, you've got problems. We ought to match the image of Christ. If Christ is waving, we wave. If he's smiling, we smile. If he's upset and angry at something, we get upset and angry at it. We ought to be not conformed to this world, but transformed. Now, water, if you pour it into a glass and you, uh, you take H2O, the elements of H2O water, pour it into a glass, it will conform to that vessel, to that form that it's poured into. Now, although we're in the world, we're not to be of the world. How do we find ourselves in this world but not conform to it? Well, when you take water, H2O, and introduce it to an element, to let it be touched by something, and this something can transform it, you freeze it. You take that water and you freeze it into a particular shape. Then you can take that frozen element, that water, and then put it in a glass with everything else, but it will not conform to it there. We need to be touched. And the thing that should touch us is the Holy Spirit of God where we are transformed through the renewing of our mind. So what should be normal? Instead of living subnormal, we shouldn't be accepting what's subnormal. We need to desire the change. And revival will not come if we continue to be satisfied with subnormal Christianity. I pray that you'll desire to be transformed into what God desires to be normal. Join us tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage.